You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Nordics podcast, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I'm Gemma, I help connect business with tech talent and today I'm your host. Welcome to another installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. I'm joined today with Daniel, Savik, Matthias and Ivana to discuss diversity and inclusion within tech. Before we delve deeper into this topic, let's just go around the room and introduce each of us. So Daniel, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, absolutely. My, my name is Daniel Lesman. Uh, I'm currently the VP Engineering at Mentimeter. Um, and I'm, I'm here because I've been working for a long time with um, trying to get a lot of different people to take on responsibility in the organization and I have many cases failed and I'm trying to understand why. Thanks and then Matthias? Yeah hi Matthias Aspelund I work for Accenture where I'm leading a team of front-end developers and uh, uh, I'm here because uh, I'm a little bit proud that we are now 50-50% men and women in the team of 50 developers and then I just want to talk more about how we can keep it that way. Perfect. And Ivana? Yes. So, hi, my name is Ivana Lilibekult. I am also with Accenture, working with internal communications mainly and kind of community building uh, within Accenture Interactive in the Nordics. I am also a proud uh, pride lead for the Nordics, uh, leading our and, and kind of coordinating our initiatives and activities uh, within the pride area in the Nordics and the Baltics. Perfect. And last but not least, Satvik. Hey, I'm Satvik. I'm, I'm software engineer at Tink. And uh, I'm here to learn from these great minds that are here with us today. Great. So now we've established who each of us are and um, let's move more into the topic that we're going to be speaking about. So as usual, I've asked you all for a question or a topic based on diversion and inclusion. And what we'll do is we'll just move around the room and talk a bit more about your topic. So, Matthias, do you want to start us off with your question? Yeah, sure. So, so uh, I've been working with IT as long as I can remember. Uh, I think I did my first stuff back in 98. And uh, the topic I've chosen for today is uh, around gender diversity uh, and how we can make men a bit more aware of, uh, of uh, how we're being a bit biased in groups and uh, what we can do to in order to for females to be seen more for their competence and to give them more space so that they are feeling that they, their voice is heard as much as it should be. Great and um, let's start off with Daniel what do you think about that? Yeah I mean I, I think I, I think this is the main reason we're here right now we're typically talking about gender diversity and as i'm going to talk about in this session there's a lot of other types of diversity to talk about this one is probably one of the ones that are easiest to see as well um i think um my my take on the, on the topic is, is is a personal personal uh take on it it's from my own experiences and i've been working with um, um growing people from in one position as a software engineer to becoming 
a team lead or or a manager or technical lead or something like that. And I repeatedly found it very difficult to to coach um, women to take on those responsibilities, where I found it very easy to coach men in that. Um, and I, I've been trying to delve into that one to try to figure out why. And there's at least two things uh, I've been told. Uh, one thing is um, the feeling that as a female, if you're going to take a team lead position in a team, you have to be so good at actual domain of the topic. You have to be so good that no, no one can actually question you because you will be questioned. I, I, th I think and that, that's a really horrible thing to have to do that because in many cases, uh, men and myself included have not felt like we have to know everything. We can take that position and we will not be questioned. If we are, we, we, we feel like more safe to actually defend ourselves. There's something there I think which needs to be looked into deeper. Um, and that's definitely about the culture rather than something else. I think the other part of it is, I mean, uh, work is kind of set up for people who, uh, it's different from men and women, right? It's for women, it's, if you want to have a family, you're going to be away from work for a while. And most companies I've been in do not take this into account, uh, that if you're away from work for a while, you will be very disconnected. And if you want to go in a career in a job, you have to be present for it. I think that sets also uh, aside between men and women. It's much easier as a man to, to grow your career. Um, I think we need to change our behavior around those topics. Great. And Ivana, you've got your hand up. What, what do you think about that? But I think, I mean, if we, if we just start by you know, words that we use. And I think you said it so well, Daniel, that if if you try to kind of groom or some, or, or if you try to support someone into taking or coach someone, uh, a female to take on the responsibility uh, to be a team leader or whatever. Uh, but you actually mentioned that you would encourage, or if you would coach a man to take on the role. And I think those are two different things. Um, and I think that we actually, the, the, the problem is that we speak in those terms. So we're actually um, offering someone to take on more responsibility. We're offering a man to take on another role. And I mean, if I would offer, if I would be offered to take on another role, I would happily do so. But if someone would ask me, would you take on this responsibility? And it's like, huh. Okay, so more responsibility. I already am responsible for, I don't know, family, myself, and, and, and maybe other parts. But to take on a role is one thing. To take on more responsibility is something else. And I think that, unfortunately, we don't think about these things, but we actually do speak in these terms with male and female. And there is a difference in between those. I mean... I guess that everyone would take on a new role if they were offered, but not everyone would actually say yes to taking on more responsibility. Uh, and I think that unfortunately also female, we do assume more responsibility when we think, I mean, if we're kind of getting upgraded, we definitely link that naturally to taking on more responsibility. Uh, and I have to take that responsibility as if a man would see that, you know, I'm getting this new role. I can co-create with my team. And, you know, you, you would actually, 
I think see that as something that you do. It doesn't only depend on you, but I think female actually see it as something that they're a bit alone on. So maybe that's a bit of a difference in how we start discussing things. Great, and um, what, Daniel, you put your hand back up. Do you have a response? Yeah, no, I, I think you framed it so well there, Evania. It's, um, I, 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 when you said that, I, I remember this, these reactions when, when asking it the wrong way and getting the response like, what does it actually mean? Um, and typically, what, 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 I'm, what I'm asking is like, just you already have the responsibility, Here, here's the role but keep talking about responsibilities. I think that really hit home with me, uh, realizing that I, I've been doing that for sure. So uh, thank you for that. And Shafiq, what do you think about all this? Um, I would like to start with the question. I mean, like, I wanted to know if uh, women asked other women, did the response of yes go up statistically and in terms of coaching as well? Was there a difference uh, how women coach other women versus men coaching women? Uh, and my, <laughs> I, I would think it would it would be different because it's always reassuring when there is another person looking similar to you in a higher position, saying like, "Hey, you can do this. Come join me." It's it's a bit more bit more reassuring and a bit, bit more confidence inducing, and uh, that's that's all I have to say. Yeah, and one thing that we uh, we're discussing it quite a lot. I mean, I'm leading my team together with some Strålfors, and uh, it, sometimes it feels like we're quite naturally taking on. I mean, many of the women are more naturally coming to her with some types of problems and some other types of help, they might come to me. But one thing that we have discussed a lot is that uh, a lot of times men might not be really aware of the, the consequences of what we're saying. I mean, we, we had an example the other week when a fairly senior person said something in a call that uh, wasn't really bad, but it was kind of an joke on the, on the topic like uh, that something that oh, of course everyone knows this and 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 Susan's response was that well this might give three or four of the junior women a bad self-confidence in in for, for six months whereas the guys just don't think about it at all so I think uh, trying to get them more aware about uh, how to talk to both uh, genders in in a better way, and 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 how to to make sure that we're not uh, saying stuff that uh, that uh, might have that kind of impact. But it's very hard to know if you you're not aware of it, and I think that's the big problem. So I I just want to learn, and and like uh, I know before we started this uh, podcast, uh, Gemma, you said that yeah, you have a really hard time telling people how you think, and and <clears throat> sometimes that's something that we need to learn how to do that in a better way, right? Me as a leader and, and, and just to be able to really understand what is the impact of the stuff that I'm saying so I can avoid saying stupid things. I th yeah, I, I, I think there is there's something to this where you 
it, it was very easy back in the day. I mean, when I started working in development, it was uh, me and two other uh, guys, same age as me. Um, in my first jobs, it was only men, white men. Um, it's always been, it was that for, for quite, quite a while before I joined a company which was, was more diverse. And uh, there was a clear difference in, in the cognitive need to think about how you communicate and not, not just communicate verbally, but how you actually behave in the workplace. One thing I suppose is an interesting question. This is, this is no use talking about men and women. What about uh, nationalities, backgrounds, beliefs? There's a lot of things you have to be aware of to be able to communicate with everybody in a, in a, in a good manner. Is it reasonable for managers overall to be able to do that? Where do we draw the line? That's kind of what I'm, what I'm wondering. Savik, what do you think? Um, I'm wondering how do you how do you counter that? Like obviously, companies uh, go to off the shelf solution. Like, hey, let's have a say insensitive training program is like one off. Uh, but how do you build habits around that? Like making sure this have this doesn't happen every day. And how do you essentially make sure everyone is aware of everyone's background and what they're coming from? So, so, so <clears throat> I just need to jump in. Uh, taking a lot of space, being male. I'm used to doing that, of course. But the, the first one that you asked, Daniel, uh, how, how long can we take it? Uh, what can we expect of managers? Well, I think it's reasonable to expect that a manager behaves in a way that everyone feels that they can bring their whole self to work and nothing else is okay. So, so it's up to us as leaders or, or managers or coaches to do that. But then the other thing, uh, we had a really good discussion yesterday because in this area, my, my co-lead, Susanne, is my role model. She, she, she is sort of she said it's not the, the big things, it's not the trainings that uh, that actually makes the biggest difference in her mind. It's like the one, thousands of tiny decisions that she's taking every day and having sort of the inclusiveness mindset. I, I mean, she's always thinking about that in every single decision, like if we're putting someone out on a specific project, she thinks about the whole thing and how it will be. Will be perceived by the person etc no matter gender or or or, or country or something so I, I really think that that is uh, like always having a solid ground on 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 and the base values i mean man has to have a code <laughs> as they say in the wire <clears throat> so so yeah i think something like that so that you always can when you take your decisions you have that, those things that you always think about or what do you say, Ivania? Well, um, I think that, you know, I think your question is totally like, it's, it's, it's a great question, Daniel, to say, you know, can we expect everyone to know how to kind of decode everyone? Because that's really what it's about. No is my is my response to that. It, it, it's totally impossible to to know to decode everyone but i do think that it's one's responsibility to either learn to 
to kind of react in a reasonable manner to differences because we we are a, I mean we are very similar but we're also very different of course and and I think that when it comes to that if you are if you kind of charge and if if you loaded with you know this kind of there's so many different ways to value things so if if you know at least that I shouldn't value my perception of things higher than anyone else's percept or values then i think it's it's a fairly good ground when it comes to how you're going to receive someone's message how you're going to receive someone's opinions or identities or gender expression or you know all of that so so that you're not responding with something that is kind of value loaded so you're not going to put the other person in the position that they have to excuse themselves or explain themselves but also i think you have to be it's your responsibility to also kind of build yourself up with a lot of um humbleness so eat your humble uh, pills every morning because if you're humble enough to say I'm so sorry I reacted totally wrong or in an ex unexpected way even for me. I think if you're humble to actually admit your shortcomings, that's when you learn and when you kind of develop into that's when you level up to 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 kind of speak on on tech terms. So that's when you level up and you can actually learn something you add something to your jar of of experience and then you move from there so i mean i've i've said things that definitely have been uh, a bit wrong uh, i work a lot with lgbtqi uh, topics I've, i'm not part of the community my my kind of way into the lgbtqi community is the fact that i have a daughter who's pretty much gender fluid or non-binary uh, she's not a boy she's not a girl she's born a girl but no one really knows the way she's going to choose going forward but i really don't care about it however i need to learn more about it so you know saying you go girl to a colleague um who i experience as a girl but she she for me is a she but they are a, just a, a, a human being so it's it's having those kind of humble moments when you say i'm so sorry if i said something wrong what could i have done differently how could i have expressed myself and usually you actually get the good orientation and guidance from this the person so that you learn from that situation. So I think, no, you can never, you know, you can never put that, I think, um, condition that everyone has to know exactly how to respond to someone else, but you can be humble enough and you can at least just know about the fact that your values are not the only values. And maybe also the, the, to, 
really build a culture where feedback is welcome and, and, and not to react defensive on feedback. Because I mean, when you get feedback, you need to be like super positive about it, right? And I think that is very hard to do at all times. I mean, it's it's on, on a nice summer day. It's super easy to be super humble and, and open to, to the feedback and, and learn. And then if you're positive about it, you will get more feedback. But when you're stressed, maybe it's it's harder to, to take criticism. And I mean, some of the criticism can feel really, really harsh as well, since it's uh, it's very personal to, to be seen as somebody who is insensitive. Uh, but we know we are. So, so I, 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 I don't know. I think that one is a good one, but it's very, very hard to work on it. But having that kind of culture, maybe then. Yeah, I just want to thank you both those answers, uh, Matthias and Vanya. It was it's a, it really, um, I think it's you hit it right in the head, but even you said, we have to really, really try to achieve that across the entire board. But it's also impossible. But what you can do is, I think, I think that's what Ivana was saying as well, is assume positive intent and be, be curious. Be curious to why there was a miscommunication. If it's on your behalf or someone else's behalf, whatever happened, be curious to figure out why why it happened. I think that's, that's part of it, at least. But the question is, is it impossible? I, I worked for a couple of years at Fjord, that is a design agency within Accenture, and they have this, this survey every year. Can I bring my whole self to work and, and they usually get something like 95 96 percent and they're, they're 50 50 men women and have something like 23 nationalities so so they have obviously done it and i i, <clears throat> I don't really know what it is but it's uh, apart from from a clear understanding that uh, you show each other respect and and give each other space and it's always okay to come with feedback yeah but i, I don't know uh, yeah Maybe it's also that you're feeling pressure to to write that you can bring your whole self to work in the survey. I I I think that's I mean I think we're talking about um, the same thing from two different perspectives as well. I mean, if a culture where people feel like they can be safe and be different, that that is definitely achievable. As a manager, to be able to react to every um possible way of communicating and taking information that i think is yeah we, we yeah. should aim for it but it's, it's really hard to get there and if we expect that from managers we're gonna have very few people becoming managers but yeah i agree with you 100 percent there I mean, yeah no creating I, that uh, culture that's the key I agree. To it. absolutely um just to say one thing i've started doing so we we do video calls all the time um and just to make sure that i'm being respectful and aware is i always say they i never say he or she anymore i always just say they because it, you know then you're you're never gonna really get it that wrong um because you're not gonna offend anyone because you know you're making sure it's it's open to everybody Can I we, we actually had a discussion oh sorry Sorry, I didn't raise my hand, but I, I, I'm just saying we, Matthias and I was this morning in a uh, workshop where we actually, that was a topic uh, that was brought up uh, in regards to, you know, it, it should we all actually introduce ourselves with our pronouns, uh, kind of to take off the load from those who really need to or want to 
um, so that it's more natural if everyone does it, then it's not as, you know, kind of pointing out who kind of needs to put their pronouns out there. But then, of course, came the other side to it. Like, do we have, it, could, could the situation be that someone is feeling pressured to actually put their pronouns out there who's actually not comfortable with it? And when we start discuss, and I think that when we start discussing it from that perspective, it's mainly coming from a heteronormative perspective, unfortunately. Uh, and, and it's it's pretty much like when uh, I try to avoid it, but I can never avoid it totally. When I get into these discussions, like on Facebook or something else, that I should definitely avoid. And you start discussing with people that start off their kind of response to something by saying, please don't get me wrong. Then you know that, ah, they're going to say something that I'm just going to be totally fired up by and I'm going to respond to it. And usually that's the case, unfortunately. I like it with the small trainings where you actually get like hands on uh, tips and tricks. I mean, one thing that uh, I've noticed is when you start referring to, to your partner as a partner instead of something else so that you're more inclusive and don't pressure people to stating their orientation or whatever you call it then uh, immediately when you're talking about what you did during the weekend. And, and uh, I mean, it, it's... But uh, to some degree, I, I'm feeling that uh, we're also putting a lot of effort into into. I I, I do realize that the pride thing is uh, is very, super important and 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 there's a lot of work to be done. But at the same time, I, I also seen like so many women uh, during my career who are like would be amazing architects or amazing lead developers, but just because they don't get enough space, they 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 just change their career into becoming project managers because they know that as a project manager, everyone will listen to me. And uh, I hate that because that's just stupid from, from a, yeah. So it would be good to have that kind of <laughs> education around uh, gender as well. Uh, maybe we do have that. Daniel, so that's a very say? good, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I was going to say, Daniel, what were you going to say? Uh, no, no, I, I, I put my hand down. It, most of what Oliba said was said. <laughs> Perfect. And Ivana? No, I was just going to say, and that's pretty much my question that I'm bringing to the table is like, even though I know that gender is one way to kind of attack this inclusion diversity topic, however, for me, I, I, I'm, I'm always curious when I enter these discussions that for how much longer are we just going to be discussing inclusion and diversity from a gender perspective? So when are we actually going to add like the rest of the um, different segments that you can find within true diversity when it comes to ethnicity or cultural awareness or you know expression and all of that and i think that we're kind of stuck in gender discussion 
because just like you're saying, Matthias, if I mean, can you imagine if we know if you have female uh, candidates that you feel would be really good as architects, but they're shying away from it because of the fact that they would be questioned or pressured? Can you imagine how many out of uh, have done the same thing from an ethnicity perspective or from uh, as a gender expression perspective. So I think we have the same issue, but from other perspectives, also within inclusion and diversity. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, I would say if you look at the tech space when it comes to the, the core tech roles, and, and, and I don't mean like the more managerial kind of positions, uh, we have more architects uh, with the different ethnicity than we have uh, uh, females. Uh, uh, I, I mean, that, that's at least my uh, experience from, from working in, in a lot of different com companies, uh, in, in a lot of different, uh, with, with teams from all over the world. So, so I mean, it's, and also especially in, I mean, in Stockholm, Lots of architects, lots of team leads uh, with the background from other countries, but not as many females. So, so and, and if you look at university, for example, the, the, the people getting like a computer science degree, it doesn't go up. It's still just 15 percent. And my son just started high school and is studying technology in high school. And in his class, it's zero women. So, so, so the, in the tech industry, and the, I, I would say that the gender issue is not in, a, in, in an okay place. I mean, 15% women in the higher education for, for computer science. I mean, it's, it's just not okay. Yeah, I think, I think, I think there's, um, I, I, I see the same problem, Matthias. I mean, if, if you look at the, the pool of people coming into the IT, Scene in Stockholm, for example, it's um, it, it it is a huge shift towards uh, men. Uh, there's a lot of men uh, applying for jobs coming into it. Um, I think there's also a systematic problem because, as you say, there's very 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 few women becoming architects. Same thing is if you look at managers. You look at managers, uh, directors, VP, uh, CTOs, or CIO or something. There is women all all the way up to like level one and two, but it's very few women taking a step further or being allowed to take a step, step further or being asked to take a step further. So I think there's, there, there's definitely some systematic issues as well as a lack of like getting people into the actual pool itself. Um, uh, well, yeah, so the other point was with Vanne, what you were talking about, I think the reason why gender is, is the topic we use is because it is such a big one and it's a very easily uh, visible one if you assume there is men and women so to say two genders you look at um, it's just a big one that you can approach very easily there's a lot of research done on it there's a lot of data on it it's it's something that you can you can solve and it also represents a, a, a big part of the the unfairness uh, in this big equation that's no excuse for not working on uh, different uh, um nationalities or or belief systems or whatever it might be but i think it's the gender one is, is like a really big one and something we should be able to deal with uh, given that it's uh, 2021 now <laughs> we've been doing this for a while 
Savik, what do you think? I mean, when we talk about gender, we usually talk about male and female, but when we talk about ethnicity, it's a lot of ethnicities. When we say, uh, is my mic okay? Yeah, when we say where there is a lot of uh, diversity in higher places or like higher positions, we're talking about one or two races. I haven't seen any black, uh, black solution architect in my career, at least maybe one or two. And when we talk about it like that, it's it's still a problem for me, ethnicity. And my stance is like it shouldn't be fight like which which should uh, which kind of inclusion we should tackle first. It should be both. And uh, it's gender, like you said, Daniel. It's easy to tackle, but just because it's hard to also tackle ethnicity, I don't think we should just drop the ball. Yeah, super good point. Yeah, I, I can just agree. Uh, so, of course, I mean, the, the important thing here is to not see diversity as just being a gender issue. Uh, if we leave it like that, then we're not, not doing our job either. Um, but I think we, I think if, if we work on some aspects, we will open the door for others as well. It will be easy and easy to work with us. It should be obvious to everybody by now that it doesn't matter which gender you have, where you come from, um, what, what you believe in, that should not affect uh, your potential to do, do the job, um, especially not in something which is so so new as, as IT industries. So I agree completely. It's Savik? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, at this point, we shouldn't really give opportunities based on uh, like a race or gender or sexual orientation shouldn't limit people from getting opportunities but also we should be aware that a lot of people a lot of ethnicities doesn't have access to computers or internet as as some other ethnicity did so i personally would like to bring that into perspective when hiring saying like okay this person did not have access to computers as much as the rest of my team did. So what kind of amazing things this person could do if they had equal opportunities and providing that opportunity is something we should constantly think about. Ivana, what do you think about that? It's actually, it, it, it's pretty much to my question too. So uh, Matthias, just to, I'm kind of wondering and curious, you reflected on the fact that there were no female um, students in your son's class. Did you reflect on any other of the aspects of the gender or the inclusion diversity uh, kind of scale? Yes, I did actually. Uh, I reflected on, on uh, ethnicity and uh, uh, people's uh, social background. Uh, yeah. And it was more diverse. Uh, there uh, it's a school with people with many different backgrounds so so All that right. was one of the things that we actually however for the the sexual orientation that is something that you don't really see yeah no you don't story. really see that no but I, w I was wondering you know if i mean if usually unfortunately when you have when it's very when it's very kind of uniform what are you, but unicided on one aspect, it's 
usually that on other aspects too. So it's good to just kind of understand how it was looking in, in the other, uh, on the other uh, parts of the inclusion diversity scale as well. Yeah, I think that if you look at now, I don't have any, any scientific research that I've seen uh, recently at least, uh, but uh, if you look at the uh, uh, computers and, and, and uh, computer science, I think that you probably have from from uh, if you look at the uh, foreigners who has um, uh, refugees coming to Sweden first or second generation, I think you have more of that uh, at KTH than you probably do at uh, a school like Södertörn. Uh, but uh, no, maybe not Södertörn, but at least a, a lot of people with a different uh, background go into technology because at least there, to some degree, I think it's easier to just prove yourself compared to some topics where, where it's more biased um, on how you interpret uh, your skill set. I don't know, what, what do you think? That's, that, that's very interesting. That's very interesting to, to see, really. Um, and something that I think, I mean, if we want to get to the issues, if we really want to understand you know, how can we get better at the workplace? I think we need to go back and to, just, I mean, to kind of to prove your point, Sapphic, we also need to look what experiences does this, you know, person have when it comes to education and what, what sort of advantages or disadvantages has it had on the way uh, to understand. So, uh, it must have been so easy to just lead a business uh, like 20, 30 years ago when you would just like, if you can do your job, please stay here. But now you have to look at all these other aspects to actually be coaching someone. And I think it's definitely something that puts a lot of pressure on a manager level. Uh, but it's also, I think, a pressure that um, I think it's more balanced pressure. It's not just the pressure on the kind of the subordinate to actually be uh, kind of working outside of its comfort zone, pretty much, like we maybe have done before. Yeah, I, exactly. Exactly. I agree with that, but also. Uh, it doesn't have to be entirely on manager level. If if the teammates feel like they have a space where they can talk to their teammates even, uh, I think that's good enough or like a great step towards success. And sometimes it's uh, it's not always the case. That's what I wanted to say. And for your question, Savik, about um, diversity being an after sport, like, do you think, like, what does everybody else, like, do you want to introduce that a bit more and say why why you think think that? So I've been recently reading a statistic saying, like, in 2014, Google had 60.4 uh, male, uh, white male employees. And then in 2020, they had 58 points, something, some decimal points. And that needle hasn't moved quite a bit. And at this point, all the schemes and all the uh, plans uh, Google is making seems like an afterthought or some kind of uh, 
I don't want to trigger anyone, but like seems like a charity event rather than seeing it as like a what uh, what a person from different perspective can bring to the table. Do companies actually see the value of the diversity hire, or is it just? I, I don't want to trigger anyone, but is it just a few hours stunt? And Matthias? Yeah, I think one thing that I, I, I tell this story sometimes when I talk about race and, and gender, uh, I don't want to name places, but I worked at a workplace where they were super vogue. And everyone was super white middle class, but my God, they were vogue. And then I moved to Betsson. And, and, and I mean, you can say a lot about Betsson and, 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 and Casino Online and stuff like that. But one thing is certain is that they only cared about one thing. And it was the, the last number on the last line. And they were diverse as hell. And, and they had a lot of female developers and people with different nationalities because they really only cared about you getting your stuff done that they increased the sales pretty much and, and, and didn't care about anything else. I mean, they, they did, it was a great culture and they had, I wouldn't talk bad about it. Uh, I liked it there, but, but it was extremely inclusive and it was also inclusive when it came to class and education, which are also aspects that are, are missed a lot of times. So if you have a computer and you can code, come here. Whereas the Vogue thing was like, yeah, we're so Vogue. Yay! I hated that. I <laughs> I, I love the story, Matthias. Um, I, I, from my perspective, the companies I've been at has been very different. Diversity has always been important. Always been important in one way or another. Um, and I can't say why it was important or if it was an afterthought or not. I would, however assume it was because uh, quite often you were very diverse in recruitment but once recruitment was over and you you had that balance it feels like a lot of people thought well mission accomplished we got a good balance at work we done it we're done we're the heroes or something like that but i mean i, I, I would assume that that's where the <laughs> the second stage starts how do you actually how do you actually make sure to do something with that how do you not just get the diversity of the people but how do you include that diversity of the people into the company and not just like in a team because we know like a team of diverse backgrounds will typically be more performant than a homogenous one but how do you get the diversity into the management side of things and how, like setting the direction for the company how do you get it into the actual core of it I, 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 so I think a couple of companies have been at have, have perhaps done the right thing, but for the wrong reason, <laughs> I would say. Um, Ivana? I mean, I'm just thinking, I mean, if we divide it, inclusion, diversity. So diversity is the number. It's just like you say, Daniel, it's, it's when you have hired them, they're just the number. So that's diversity. Inclusion is the action. What do you do after you have recruited them? And how do you not just have them there as representation of diversity, but rather actually included their 
the diversity into your ways of working, your ways of managing, your ways of promoting, your ways of, you know, uh, rewarding. So all of that is the true action, and that's when inclusion comes. And I think a lot of companies right now are stuck into thinking diversity. Not that many are actually working with inclusion in its true meaning. So I think, yeah, I think that diversity might be something that we're working on. Um, a lot of companies, inclusion is definitely something that has come as an afterthought for many. I mean, I, I, it's, it's really valuable information. And uh, Matthias, I loved your anecdote about, uh, anecdote about work people being open about uh, including people, but not in practice, it didn't really work out. Uh, and I, that's, that's the point I, want to, I wanted to, it to come across because Daniel, as you said, when there were more diverse people, the team performance went up skyrocketing. Does companies see that beforehand or do they do it for numbers and then see it after? Daniel, you thinking? Or yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm thinking. I mean, I think like assume positive intent even in this regard um, that people want to do good and people in, in in companies want to do good. When it comes to this diversity thing, um, it's not just about getting the numbers there. There is a, a good idea. I mean, if you look at most companies, they will have. Um, they will have some value there. Um, look at Mentimeter, for example. We we have one of our core values is include everyone, um, which is kind of binds together the, the diversity, inclusion, and but also uh, belonging. Like it, it's something about the the culture. And and as as a, a very clever person said, it's also about the soul of the company. Like do you actually do you actually feel like part of it properly or not? Um, I, I think, for example, a company like Metameter is, is succeeding with that, uh, as far as I can tell so far. Um, and I have companies in the past who have done a better, worse job at this. Um, but I suppose, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what I'm trying to get with with that. But but there there is um, there is a value in going for the diversity, even if it's for the wrong reason, because over time that will shift things. For example, if you do put together a diverse team and it is high performing, you will more likely put together a diverse team again. And the more diverse teams you have, the more diverse people you will have, the eventually that will trickle up through the system and we will have diversity further up in the ranks of the company. Uh, that's, that's my hope, at least, and my wish. But it is also a, a, a numbers game because we, we know that the number of developers has roughly doubled every five years since I think it's 1960. So, so we need to make sure that, the, that the, we make it an attractive place to, to, to work, right, for, for everyone. Otherwise, we're just going to see that we, we cannot fulfill our needs for, for IT in, in society. So, yeah, it's... 
I don't think it's 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 uh, an afterthought. I think it's just like uh, just doing the math and seeing that uh, well, if you're going to continue to grow being Google, we need to do this. And 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 hopefully, I, I also think that I mean you talked about this a lot, Ivana, that the the younger generations are, are really they they put more pressure on the companies because otherwise they're just not going to work there, right? So so that's also a really good thing. It's it's. Uh, I don't, I, and I, I agree with you there, Daniel. I don't really care what the reasons are uh, if people are doing good, as long as they, they they are forced to do good. Then of course it's better if it if it isn't an afterthought or if it isn't just like, yeah, if it comes uh, with the soul and has a real. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be about good or bad. It could be just not being in the know of what's what's the actually fundamental forces uh, happening here and what's what's going on. Uh, I'm not going to say ignorant because that's a bit of a hard too hard word, but um, it's um, it's a complicated system we're working in, and it will arguably never be completely equal. Um, but we the goal is to get there. Um, I, 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 there was something you said there, and just going back to an earlier conversation. Um, Fifteen percent women in in uh, uh, your son's class. Uh, there's a problem here, I think, with which is uh, kind of connecting to agile work workplace. We know that it's typically a good idea to have short iterations because that means you can change direction of them. If we apply that to the school system. And we look at three, four, five year educations on top of whatever you've done already in school. It's really slow to change something fundamental in the school system because those school plans are set long in, in advance and they're long programs. So it will typically take a decade to change something fundamental in the school system. And I'm wondering about for IT, the IT industry, what role can the so called boot camps play? I used to work for one uh, two years back. And they could take people from an incredibly diverse background and different professions, countries, nationalities, um, genders, and push them through in, in a fairly effective way and right out into the workplace. That, that like uh, representation of, of diversity there is, is much, 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 much greater than, than what's being produced by the school, I think. I don't have the data for it, but. At least that's my, my yeah, but that's yes. super interesting. And I mean, uh, we have uh, two women who who has uh, in 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 our team who has uh, done a boot camp at the uh, not as uh, like twenty year olds or something. And 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 I mean, so so I, I think it's very very true. And and hopefully also for other minorities, but uh, that I don't know. Great. Um, does anybody have any like thoughts, any questions before we wrap it all up? No? Um, you're all good? Lovely. Well, I think that's been a great discussion. Um, everyone's had a lot to contribute and it, it's been really great to listen to all of your thoughts. And I, I think this conversation could have gone on and on for hours. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it's a Friday evening and I think 
Daniel wants to go on his run um, and get everything sorted out for the weekend. Um, so we'll leave it there. So this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. Um, I would like to thank all of you, so Daniel, Matthias, Ivana, Savik, for taking part of this, for giving us your insight. It's been great listening to you. If you would like to come on board with one of our podcasts in the future, please feel free to reach out to us on LinkedIn or follow us and we'll get in touch. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.